What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of I Let the Dogs Out podcast. I am your host, Jamie Barber. It is just me today. Ben's not here. Unfortunately, couldn't make it, but I am completely and totally and utterly lost without him. Ben, come on back. You keep me on track. I don't know what to do with my hands. I just... I'm very lost. I don't, I don't know how to do this on my own, um, but I'm here for a very special reason. It's our drum roll, please. That's my drum roll. It's our one year. Oh, Carter's, Carter's tuning in. That. Oh my God. My life is falling apart. Everything's, everything's dropping. Everything's happening. It's our one year. Guys, it's our one year. We've already been doing this for one full year. What the heck? where did the time go? I am so confused as to where this year went. Last I checked, it was May. The calendar says it's January. I don't know what the heck is going on, but I digress. Here I am. Here we are. And we are going to do a mini episode, our very first mini episode. Um, And you guys are stuck with me. So (laughs) buckle up. It's going to be an interesting ride because I don't know how to stay on topic. And I also don't know how to talk to myself. Actually, you know what? It's probably the opposite. I'm too comfortable talking to myself. So this is where we're at. If you guys don't follow us already on Instagram, um, please do. Please do. It's I Let the Dogs Out podcast. So earlier in the week, I tossed up a question box on our Instagram stories asking what you guys wanted to hear me talk about. (laughs) We had some amazing ideas and I'm definitely going to keep them on rotation for our episodes in the upcoming months. But uh, I just chose one that will kind of stay nice, short and sweet to the point, just because, of course, I don't want to um, make this mini episode a regular episode. And the way that I'm already going, it's probably (laughs) still going to be super long because I talk so much, but we're going to try to work on that. We're working on it. 2022 goals, (laughs) I suppose. Um, But our episode topic today is questions I ask myself when wanting to change a behavior. So I think this one is really, really important because a lot of the times we accidentally maybe push a bit too hard with our dogs or our expectations are a little bit too high. We put them in situations too quickly, yada, yada, yada. You know the spiel, right? So a couple different things I look at when I want to change the behavior in my clients' dogs, in my dogs, um, there's, you can kind of, for the most part, sort of break it down into little steps to make sure that your dog is able, is actually able to change that behavior right? So let's say, for example, I had a dog who was reactive towards my window, right? So we had a window barker. Number one thing is we want to find the reason and the function that that behavior holds. So anytime you're wanting to change a behavior, you need to pinpoint the function of the behavior. We know that dogs don't just do things for the sake of doing them. They do things because they serve a function. For a lot of dogs, when they're barking out the window, the function of that behavior is, let's say that scary mailman keeps walking away, right? So they create distance. That's the function of that behavior. So we pinpointed the function. Now that we have the function, we know, okay, they're not barking at the window because they're super excited to greet the person. They're barking at the window because they want that scary thing to go away. 
Now it's time to set up management. Management is going to be your number one. Oh boy, guys, management, management. If I could get management tattooed on my body with like hearts all over it, I would. I mean, I could. (laughs) Oh no, I'm not going to. But it like that's how much management means to me. Management is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Not only does it help to set your dog up for success, but it helps to set you up for success as well. So it's the best thing in the whole wide world. Management, management, M-A-N. I shouldn't have started spelling. Just just ignore me. I'm also going to do this all in one take, guys. So (laughs) thanks for being here. It's not going to be, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Anyways, back to my point, Ben, get here so you can keep me on topic. And two, management is super, super cool and fun. You should do it all the time with your dogs. Um, so something that like when we talk about management, okay, what is management? Management is essentially making sure that you are setting up the environment and the proper antecedent arrangements so that your dog will be successful and they're not going to rehearse those behaviors that you don't want. So let's say we're taking that example of our window barker. Some management techniques we could put in place are window films. So for me, for Carter, he is a window barker. I have a little foggy glass window uh, spray that I did about maybe a third up my window, just so that when he's on the couch hanging out, he doesn't just see people walk back and forth, like through his peripherals, right? So it kind of helps to prevent that just every day, oh, I can see the person, I'm going to go bark at that person moment. Um, If he really wanted to, he could kind of pop up and see over top of it. But for the most part, it has it has reduced his reactivity around the window exponentially. Um, Other things you could do is maybe making sure that there's no furniture right by the window that your dog can jump up on and seek out those people, right? Because if they already have a conditioned negative emotional response, they might hear a noise or even won't hear a noise. They'll just predict that there's something scary out there and sort of seek it out. This prevents that from happening as well. You could also do things like baby gates to prevent them from getting close to those big bay windows, Um, things like that. Essentially, we're trying to prevent access to them barking at the window because it's not realistic that you guys are going to be able to make positive experiences happen every single time somebody walks past your house, especially if you're living in the city. It's just not realistic. And any every time that your dog rehearses those behaviors because we haven't put management in place, the heart is really going to be to condition that positive response, right? Because they're just rehearsing that negative vibe negative vibe, negative vibe, negative vibe, we need to make sure that we are sort of mitigating that negative response so that it's not happening so that when we do see people walking past, we can create a positive association with those people and create a condition, positive emotional response instead. So management is how you are going to do that and how you're going to keep your sanity while trying to do that. So we found the function of the behavior. We have our management technique set up Now what we can do is we can create situations in which we can mitigate a positive response. 
in that moment, right? So setting up situations that you can control. A lot of the times when people are walking back and forth, it's not like you can really shout out your window and be like, hey, can you just stand there for a couple of minutes while I mark and reinforce my dog looking at you? Like most people are going to be like, F off, dude. Um, but what you could do is you could be like, hey, bud, like to someone you know, not to some random guy. Because if you say, hey, bud, to some random guy, it could go either way. Um, but maybe calling a friend over and be like, hey, I will trade you. I will give you beer if you come and walk past my house many times. Um, things like that to help practice and rehearse the behaviors that we want while our management is helping us to reduce the rehearsal of the behaviors that we don't want. So those are like, I mean, really, those are my two pivotal things. Um, or sorry, I guess we're at three now. So it's finding function, management, setting up situations where the antecedent arrangements are proper and we can set our dog up for success and set them up for um, a positive response. Journaling and goal setting is going to be super important as well because it can be super overwhelming when you're trying to change a behavior in your dog um, because it just, it's a lot of the times it seems like we're not moving forward. When you prog or when you track your progress and you set small obtainable goals to kind of shape your way to that end goal, it'll be a lot easier to track that progress. And you're actually going to see that you are making those strides towards that end result of them maybe being able to see someone walk past the house and not barking, right? Um, and the way a lot of the times that you can do this is video recording your sessions, jotting down notes creating small goals and then re like going back to them every month just to make sure that, okay, do we need to readjust, reassess? It's really important too when you are setting your goals to remember that dogs are living, breathing, feeling little entities, right? Like there's no way that it's going to be, okay, I made this goal. It's going to be at this goal. It's going to be at this time. It's going to be all these different things, right? It's going to be fluid. You're always going to have to be readjusting and reassessing. And that's why I usually like using like maybe a month because then after every month, it's easy to remember, oh, got to pay my rent today. Oh, got to also readjust my goals today. And you can see with your progress tracking how you've been doing with that month. And you can either make a new goal to get closer to that end result, or you can be like, okay, maybe uh, something's not quite working right. How can we readjust and make sure that my dog is being successful and maybe we will make a goal that's a little bit easier or more obtainable for them. Another big pivotal point of behavior change is making sure that our dog's needs are being met. That is, again, <laughs> I, I keep saying all these things are really important, but like that's going to be one of your primary things. Um, sorry, my chair is really squeaky apparently. <laughs> Oh, I'm really going to hate myself for doing this all in one take. Um, but what's really important is, and I, I know this, like Carter is reactive. He can't be around new people, can't be around new dogs. Um, it's tough. Like it's tough not to socially isolate them because you don't want to put them in situations where they're going to react or they're uncomfortable, but you also want to make sure that you're not socially isolating them and creating a situation where they're not getting their needs met or proper cognitive, social, or physical enrichment. So that's another thing too. You want to really pinpoint what their needs are in terms of enrichment and making sure that those needs are being met before we can even really do any of the other stuff that I talked about. Because if their needs aren't being met, 
then there's a lot of other underlying things that could be going on, right? Um, so kind of going backtracking, putting them in order, enrichment, making sure that all your dog's needs are being met at, to the absolute best of your ability, um, finding the function of the behavior, management, and goal setting in a way that is going to be obtainable for your dog. So journaling, keeping track of your progress, making sure that you can see what you've been doing with them, right? Because when we're trying to sort of reach this end goal, this end like golden ticket goal, we can't expect to get there in one step. We got to get there in like one, you can't go in one bound, right? You got to take a bunch of little tiny steps to get there. Um, and progress tracking and journaling is going to help you get there. Video record your sessions because a lot of the time we get really caught up in what our dog is doing and we kind of lose track of what we're doing. And if I have learned anything in my six years of dog training, it's that dogs are easy people are hard. So we need to make sure that we are on it with our communication, with our timing, with our mechanics. And it's going to be a lot easier to do that if we video record our sessions and we can actually look back on them because in the moment, it's going to be a lot harder to sort of pinpoint those moments. You can also use the video recordings to look at your dog's body language. Maybe they were exhibiting some signs that they were uncomfortable before we picked up on them during that session, right? Now we know for next time, oh, hey, look for that lip lick or things like that. And we can mitigate that response before it happens. I keep saying mitigate. I don't even know if I'm using it in the right way. Uh, it's my word of the day, apparently. But anywho, the biggest take-home point that I want to make is that behavior change takes time. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes consistency. And it can be a very daunting task if you're trying to do it on your own. Um, and a lot of pressure gets put on us and it gets put on our dogs and it sucks. It's the reality, it, but it does suck. Um, so finding a support system is really, really helpful too, whether that be a trainer, whether that be people in your community, whether that be a family member, a friend, making sure that you have somebody to talk to, um, to make sure that this overwhelming experience <laughs> You're, that you don't feel alone in it because you're not alone. And that's a really important part is a lot of people are here to help you. Um, I, depending on the, obviously depending on the behavior change as well, I would hundred percent recommend reaching out to a, a certified trainer. But I mean, I feel like that, that goes without saying when it comes to listening to a dog training podcast, always consult your local certified force-free trainer when you're starting to see any sort of behavior changes or you are wanting to make any sort of behavior changes with your dog. One last thing I do want to point out as well is that not all behavior needs to be changed. Some behavior is very species specific. And at points, like at some, somewhere along the line, we decided that dog specific things are things that we don't want in our society. Um, and hopefully at one point we're going to start breaking down those stigmas, but it's really important that we're also giving our dog time to just be a dog. I know in some situations, obviously behavior change is really, really important, whether it be to change the way that your dog is feeling about something, their emotional state, like kind of just helping their overall well-being. Obviously, safety situations come into play, things like that. But there are certain situations where behavior change doesn't need to happen. And maybe we need to focus on 
different aspects of our dog's behavior. Um, like let's say, for example, we have a dog who is super reactive, right? But we're trying to set our goals to change their reactive behavior, but we also want to change the digging in the yard and we want to change them chewing on our shoes and we want to change them jumping up on people, right? That's a lot. That's a, that's a, just too much, too much guys, too much, too quick. Those are way too many things to try to change all at once, right? So pinpoint and focus on what's important, which is usually the emotional side of things. So if our dog is reactive and they're having an, like they're having a hard time because they're feeling fearful about something, that would be maybe what I would focus on. Things like digging, things like that, give them appropriate outlets to do it in different ways. Like, um, giving them a dog specific area to dig in the yard or a dog, a dog garden or things like that. Right. Um, there are just certain behaviors that a lot of people find as nuisance behaviors that are just normal dog things. And we need to learn to start celebrating our dogs for the fluffy little fur monsters that they are, right? Celebrate the digging, celebrate the, the wonderful, barky, excited, wiggly, waggly guys. Um, but yeah, so I mean, hey, that's my mini episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to end this. Um, that's it. That's all. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> just highlight everything. One, focus on what's important. Two, make sure your dog's needs are being met. Three, find the function of the behavior. Four, manage your environment so you're setting your dog up for success. Five, create situations where your environment is conducive to success. So creating situations where you invite people over to rehearse those behaviors. And six, remember that your dog is a dog and enjoy the wonderful dog that they are. Try not to get too, too caught up on the societal aspect of what our dog should be and celebrate the dog that you have because they are wonderful. They are loving. They are compassionate. And God, I just love them so much. <laughs> Anywho, that's it. That's all our episode 16 and our one year anniversary episode has officially been listened to. Um, I apologize in advance to anybody who has listened to this episode. I'll get better. I'll get better. I promise. Um, I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know what to do in this situation. It's just me. I'm all alone. There's no one here other than me, but I have all you as my friends. So thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you haven't already follow us on Instagram at I let the dogs out podcast, you can follow my training journey at candor canine co. You can also follow Ben's journey at polite underscore pets. Fun fact also, Candor is, is um, celebrating their, or <laughs> their, our, our five-year anniversary on Tuesday. And we are going to have a super amazing giveaway. So if you guys don't already follow us, get going on it because it's going to be awesome. Okay, that's it. That's all. Peace.